Welcome to Frustrated and Exhausted, the podcast for women in leadership, where I help you fulfill your ambitions without sacrificing your sanity or your resilience. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Frustrated and Exhausted. Today we're going to be talking about difficult conversations. In any leadership role we have to have difficult conversations and some of them are difficult because of the types of issue that we're looking at, some of them are difficult because of the relationships that we're working with and some of them it's all of the above really. We're getting towards that time of year when annual appraisal conversations are going on. Maybe you're in a January round, maybe you're in an April round, but this is the time of year where we're having those feedback type conversations and when we are also thinking about how people want to develop and grow going forward. We're also having our own conversations around those things. How's yours going? Lots of people find these conversations quite difficult and You know, if you know you've got some difficult or awkward feedback to give someone, they can be really stress-inducing. And I've definitely noticed a pattern at this time of year where clients are bringing these sorts of issues to coaching to really work through, to either prepare for conversations or to reflect on them after the event and really learn the lessons of what they might have done differently um, to handle it and get a better outcome. Why are they so stress inducing? (laughs) Well, often people are quite concerned about getting it right, as if there's one way and one way only to do these things. Sometimes though, it's also about not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. You know, often we can have positive relationships with people, but maybe there's been a particular instance or some feedback from a stakeholder that we've, we've got to give. And, you know, we like the person and we know they're you know, potentially going to take it take it hard. So sometimes we don't want to hurt their feelings and that makes us a little bit hesitant um, to, to share the feedback. And sometimes there's a fear of damaging the relationship. Relationships are important. It's often how we get things done at work. And we know that we're going to have to work with these people going forward. So, you know, how do we handle this in a way that we can continue that process and we can continue to kind of get the best out of them? It can be really tricky. Sometimes also we know the people involved. We've had these conversations before. They've maybe not gone well. And that can really fill us with a sense of dread. You know, oh, am I going to have one of those conversations again where this person is just not going to take the feedback, where they're going to push back and push back? where they're going to be difficult, you know, whatever that means to you. But conversations in the workplace that we find difficult can go beyond these sorts of conversations. They can also relate to issues around race and gender and other forms of intersectionality in the workplace. It might be a, a member of staff coming to report something that's happened that's um, difficult. It might be a conversation with a particular group of stakeholders where the issues can be quite emotive or just really tricky to navigate to know what the right thing to say and do is. You know, things have changed in the workplace so much and and navigating issues around diversity and equity and inclusion can feel like a minefield at times as a leader. You know, am I going to put my foot down in the wrong place? And, you know, say the wrong thing or use the wrong terminology and, and upset someone. But whatever the issues are at hand, there are always a few things to consider. So I've got a few 
areas, I guess, um, for you to think about that will help you navigate these issues a bit more easily. So the first thing is a real basic about any meeting, really. It's your outcome. What is it that you actually want to get out of this this meeting or this conversation? And what is it that you need to do in order to make it successful? What would make it successful for you and what would make it successful from the other person's perspective? Those things might be different, but it, it might thinking about that might help you to sort of calibrate how you want to approach the conversation. The second thing is to be really clear with yourself and with the other person about what your responsibility is in the meeting. You know, however compassionate we might want to be in leadership roles, compassion doesn't mean avoiding issues, not giving feedback even when it's a bit tricky. It doesn't mean being nice. It means being honest and transparent and then if the person is open to whatever it is you've got to say, being prepared to help them navigate whatever needs to change as a result, if it does. So, you know, be really clear about what your responsibility is in the conversation as a leader. You know, that might be different depending on the nature of the conversation, whether that person is on sort of performance review or whether it's a relatively straightforward thing. But be really clear about your own responsibility um, to that individual, to yourself and to the organisation in the conversation that you're having. The third thing is to be aware of labelling. Now, I've labelled this a conversation, uh, an episode about difficult conversations, but very often we can fall into the trap of labelling people and that can be much more difficult when we approach these conversations. Is that person difficult or are they just different. I personally think that's a really important distinction. Very often we find people difficult when they are just different from us, when they think in a different way, when they approach things in a different way from us. So really challenge yourself on what the case is in this particular instance. Is this person actually difficult to work with or is there something else going on about the openness of your team, how it works, you, you know, don't want to be horrible, but, you know, sometimes we can, have, can be quite fixed in how we think things should be and how they can be approached. So are we really being open to a different approach to things, a different way of thinking? The other thing that comes a lot up a lot in my conversations with clients around this is when individuals just won't hear feedback. Defences are up. Potentially they've had difficult conversations like this before, either with you or with another manager or leader. But sometimes people are just in different mindsets. Does that individual have a growth mindset? Are they quite shut down and stuck? Are their defences up? Have they got a great big shield in front of them because they're scared of something? And again, when people are locked down and not prepared to sort of hear feedback, I mean, it might take a while to process some feedback. I've had feedback where I've been like, no. And then I've gone away and sat with it for a while and I've come back and gone, oh, okay, I need to think about this a little bit more. So, you know, thinking about, somebody might be initially defensive and then go away and think about it and come back. Somebody might just have those defences up so high that they can't take on um, feedback. And again, thinking clearly about how you're going to prepare them and yourself for the meeting and how you handle that in the meeting if they are sort of, metaphorically throwing it back at you and sort of saying, no, that's not me. I don't accept that feedback. Now, feedback is not 
always a given. So they are perfectly within their rights to say, I don't see that in myself. I don't see me being like that. So I guess when you're giving feedback, one of the other things is to make sure that actually there is a body of evidence. It's not one instance that somebody's mentioned in passing once. Is this a trend? Is this something you see all the time from them? Or is this an isolated incident where they've been having a bad day? So, you know, make sure that you're calibrating that feedback um, before you kind of even go in, obviously. But you know, people do sit in different mindsets and some people will be really open and actively looking for feedback. Others just don't want it, can't handle it, find it really, really hard. Now, I'm going to share a little instance from my own career. Um, my very first annual appraisal conversation. I was devastated. I think I, in fact, I know, I'm not going to lie, I know I cried, which really threw my then boss, who was quite stiff upper lip um, type. It didn't go down very well. Yeah, I was really thrown by it. Because I don't think I'd ever had anything that wasn't amazing in my feedback from things before. I don't think I'm a perfectionist now so much. But then I had always just set my mind to things and done them and it'd been fairly easy going. And I think I just, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't, it, I mean, it wasn't a disaster, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like... <laughs> I'd had a total nightmare. I'd done pretty well. But to me, because it wasn't perfect at that time, I was really thrown by it. Because I, I wasn't expecting it, I hadn't kind of steeled myself for the conversation. I, I kind of had no barriers up. So, you know, the floodgates opened and that was that really. We did have a sensible conversation about it in the end, but it really threw me in, in that moment. And that brings me on to my fourth point. There is something about reducing anxiety with these kind of conversations, both yours and the other person's. You know, if you are expecting this to be a tricky conversation, you know, that expectation in itself might manifest. The other person may well be feeling the same. There's something about setting expectations in advance for the conversation. If there are going to be some tricky things, you might want to sort of say, you know, there are a couple of points that we're going to have to go into. The majority is positive or something along those lines. You might want to set the expectation for what sort of preparation you expect them to have done for the conversation. You know, is there evidence you want to see for things? Do you want them to have thought through kind of what they feel they want to work on? All those sorts of things. It can seem like, oh God, this is another thing on top of all these other bits of paper that need to be shuffled at this time of year. And if you're managing a lot of people, and I know how this feels because I've been there with however many direct reports um, and then sort of um, countersigning reports for other people as well. It can be a real, a real heavy time of year when all that's going on in terms of workload. But taking five minutes to send somebody a quick email where you know they might be stressing about this can do a lot to set the tone for a much more positive meeting. So it really is worth considering taking five minutes to do that and just set out your expectations for what should be discussed and what you expect from them in terms of preparing for that discussion. Now my fifth point is really around thinking about different perspectives on conversations. Again whether this is in an appraisal type conversation or whether this is a much bigger conversation around gender, race, somebody reporting something some real conflict going on in an organisation. 
really taking time out to think about perspectives is a very, very important. You're obviously going to have your perspective on the scenario, but taking some time out to think about who else is in the room, where they are coming from, what their concerns will be, what their experience, their lived experience of something is. You know, again, with some issues, there can be a lot of emotion brought into conversations when someone has a real lived experience of something. You know, I certainly know that for me, the sense of of maybe not being enough, not being good enough comes up a lot. And maybe the subject of another podcast episode should soon. Um, um, But that comes up a lot for me. And so if I'm in one of these conversations and someone is making me feel that my status, for example, is being attacked or something's not fair, equity is another really big thing for me. So if something feels unfair to me, um, again, various things around lived experience, I can respond quite emotionally in quite an emotive way to that. And that might not come out in visible anger or anything else, but it will certainly come out in terms of tenacity around points and escalating issues and that sort of thing. So really taking time to think about what those approaches might be is is important. I mean, certainly, um, a slight aside, but working in conflict resolution, which I have done, the kind of things that we would be thinking about going into negotiations would be around exactly that. Where are the points that there is some room for manoeuvre and where is everybody so entrenched that we're not going to get anywhere if we go that route? Really thinking about where everyone is in the issue. Now that's not necessarily about an appraisal conversation, that's probably about kind of bigger issue type conversations, but really plotting that out can give you different ways into a conversation that makes it much more productive. So taking some time to really consider that is is absolutely going to be well spent. And my final point about this is really to acknowledge emotions in these these things. Some of the the things that can make these conversations go better is just to acknowledge the emotions that you are feeling that they might be feeling and to not be afraid of doing that. Because when we don't acknowledge them, things can often escalate. And to actually so acknowledge that something might be hard to hear for someone, to be curious about how they're feeling or how something's landing with them. You know, some people you'll know straight away how they're responding to it. Other people, maybe not at all. And you might leave a conversation thinking that's gone really well and then come into some sort of an email the next day that, that makes it clear that it really didn't land well. So being curious in a meeting about how something is landing with with someone can also really, really help. There's a lot in this. I've run workshops on these things before that go on for a number of hours because it can be quite difficult and there's a lot of different things to consider. So just in summary, today I've kind of outlined six kind of real points around thinking about this. First off is to know what the outcome is that you want from the meeting and, and try and be quite realistic about what that might be. Be extremely clear about what your responsibility is. It's not necessarily our responsibility to make everybody feel good. Sometimes we've got to say difficult things as leaders and we need to be okay with that. And we also need to try and put it down at the end of the day so that we're not we're not carrying some form of guilt with us. Um, the rest of the time either because it can definitely do that too. The third thing is to really try and avoid labelling people. Hard to do. We can all be judgy, let's face it, come on people. But do try not to label somebody as that person is just difficult. That's how you're experiencing them. They might be experiencing you in the same way. Um, Try and be open to the fact that maybe they're just different. 
and that might help you to think about them more in the round and um, approach this sort of conversation in a different way. Fourth thing was reducing anxiety and, you know, allowing some time for preparation, allowing the other person to prepare as well, making it clear what your expectations are for the meeting. And then there's considering perspectives, your perspective, theirs perspective, other people's perspectives around about um, the issue or, or the, the individual um, who have a view on it. And, you know, how valid are those? Finally, thinking about emotions and feelings in the room and how you're going to handle your own and how you're going to manage the other person's if they are visibly emotional and how you're going to be curious if they're not so that you do actually understand and you show that you want to understand how they're feeling about something. Thank you so much for listening to this. I really appreciate you being here with me. If you have any questions about any of this, send me a DM on LinkedIn or um, drop me an email. Um, All the links are in the show notes. I've got a download that you can sign up for around getting your voice heard. And if this is the sort of thing where you're in a difficult conversation, you want to make sure that you're getting your points across, this one will help you to think around that a little bit more. If you check out the show notes you'll find the link for that in there thanks so much for listening today next week's episode is actually going to be answering a listener question so if you do have questions please do come back to me because I will answer them might be the end of an episode but this one's a belter so we're going to take a whole episode to answer that one I look forward to seeing you then take care Thanks for listening to this episode of Frustrated and Exhausted. Hit the follow button for future episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Resonate Leadership and LinkedIn at Ruth Alexandra Wood. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Frustrated and Exhausted is brought to you by Resonate Leadership and the wonderful team at the Podcast Boutique. I'm your host, Ruth Wood. Take care and speak to you soon.